Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody, uh, and welcome to this week's Football Digest Extra Time. Uh, I'm Adam Newsom, the Chelsea reporter at Football.London. And I'm joined by Simon Jankowski for the MEN uh, to look back on Saturday's FA Cup win between Chelsea and Manchester City. Thomas Tuchel's side made it through to the uh, final next month thanks to Hakim Ziyech's extra t- uh, sorry, second half goal, um, which was brought an end to the hopes of an unprecedented quadruple for Pep Guardiola's side. Um, of course, since Saturday's game, news has emerged that both Chelsea and Manchester City are among the 12 founding clubs of the European Super League. Uh, we will discuss that in a little while, uh, and we're all probably very disappointed about that. But uh, for now, Simon, what did you make of uh, of Saturday's game uh, between Chelsea and Man City at Wembley? Yeah, it feels like a very, very, very long time ago, Saturday's <laughs> game, given everything that's happened since. Um, so, yeah, if we, if we start with the football, um, it... <sighs> It wasn't a great match. Um, Chelsea very good. Chelsea very disciplined, um, very organised, showing what Tuchel's had brought to uh, the team. I thought uh, City got what they deserved for making eight changes from the game against Dortmund. Um, it was pretty much um, the team that played poorly against Leeds the previous week. Um, pretty much the B team um, as things stand and they couldn't argue with the defeat I thought because Chelsea um, had the better chances played the better football and uh, yeah deserved the win Yeah I uh, I wonder how much the fact that Chelsea did have an additional day to, to prepare for the game helped um, help them because obviously they actually stayed in Seville uh, for, that, for that Wednesday uh, so had some time in the sun, had some time to relax and obviously uh, had that day to prepare, whereas Man City didn't. Um, I thought it was a very uh, Chelsea performance under Thomas Tuchel. They defended really, really well, closed off a lot of the spaces. And um, and yeah, obviously they did play to the strengths of Timo Werner quite a lot in this game, which they haven't always managed to do uh, throughout the Tuchel era or even Frank Lampard's era. Um, just uh, just on Kevin De Bruyne, obviously he uh, suffered an injury. Is there an update on, on what his sort of fitness is for City in the running? Uh, no, no clear update as yet. But the, the fact that there isn't no clear update um, is isn't the best news. Um, I don't think I, it's a difficult. One he he um, he had an hamstring injury in January and missed sort of four to six weeks. Um, and there's not that many weeks left in the season, so um, they'll be hoping to get him fit as soon as possible. But it, it's it'd be a, a surprise, I think, if he's. Uh, back in time, at least for the first leg against PSG. So that is a um, an issue. And I, I mean, we talk about the changes Guardiola made, but keeping De Bruyne in, you can see why he did it, because De Bruyne has been so talismanic of late, but um, that obviously backfired as well. But also I thought uh, Tuchel made good selections and right selections. And, you know, Ziyech and Werner mm. haven't, you know, had... Werner's not had the best season and ZX not always been in the team, but they both played, they both started and I thought they were both really good. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the thing with Timo Werner. I mean, he does probably need a very certain uh, set of circumstances to really thrive. And I don't think Chelsea often play opponents who give him that. But obviously, City, with the high line that they play, really did leave space for him to run into. And and yeah, you know, he did exploit that more than once. And Hakim Ziyech hasn't had a great time under Thomas Tuchel, really. Um, pretty much actually since the start of the year, he came back from an injury and just hasn't been able to sort of replicate the form he had shown initially. Um, but it was a good moment for him. He has scored a couple of big goals now, um, obviously, at the weekend. And he also scored in the uh, second leg against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Um, so he sort of seems to be maybe just rediscovering his uh, his best form. And with Christian Pulisic playing well and, and Kai Havertz looking a bit better and Mason Mount being Mason Mount, Chelsea really do have a lot of attacking options at the moment who seemingly are coming into form um, at just the right time. Um would City be able to say the same thing at the moment, given their sort of lack of chances they created? Yeah, I, I think that they've very much got a, a starting eleven and an eleven that aren't really backed to do it in the big games. I think um, a few fans have been sort of confused by Guardiola's lack of substitutions um, in games. I think he made one in the first leg against Dortmund, maybe one in the second leg, and. Didn't make. I think he only made two on on Saturday against Chelsea. It seems like he's not. There were, there were a lot of players who could have changed the game that were left sat on the bench for ninety minutes against Chelsea. Um, but I mean, the manager sees sees the team more than more than we all do, and um, it, it seems like in this pursuit of four trophies, um, he kind of decided that uh, his team didn't have the legs after the Wednesday night in. In Germany and not training to uh, to carry on and as well you know there's a game against Aston Villa in the league but then the Carabao Cup final on Sunday against Spurs and then the first leg at PSG so this is I think this was the second out of the next six games away from home so a lot of traveling a lot of miles they're uh, they're knocking up but yeah they've um, uh, yeah they've certainly not got Sterling, Jesus, Torres, um, Aguero fit or in form, um, really, um, whereas Chelsea can afford to sort of leave Tammy Abraham out of the squad altogether. Yeah, that was a, a, an interesting call from Thomas Tuchel uh, and one that um, I'm not sure it, it was sort of universally popular, but there are there's an element of the Chelsea support who aren't huge Tammy Abraham fans, which personally I don't truly really understand because he is still Chelsea's top goal scorer uh, this season with 12 goals. He's Chelsea's top goal scorer in the league or joint top goal scorer in the league as well. So um, Tammy Abraham uh, does seem to be out of favour under Thomas Tuchel. He hasn't um, played for Chelsea now for I think it's about 58 days, uh, partly due to injury as well. But, um, but yeah, by all accounts, you know, people I've spoken to saying he's training really well. He's doing extras in, in training. He's doing everything he can. Uh, his attitude is still good. He is doing everything he can to try and force his way back into this, this squad. Um, but given Thomas Tuchel uh, has named two left-backs on the bench. Uh, he did so again at the weekend with Alonso and uh, Emerson. If that's the situation, if Tammy Abraham can't get in ahead of one of those, it probably doesn't look great for his future, to be honest, at Stamford Bridge longer term. Um, which probably brings us on to uh, the European Super League, looking at longer-term outlooks of things. Um Obviously, Chelsea and Manchester City are two of the uh, the clubs who are supposedly founding members of this European Super League. There are reports out there that they weren't pushing for it as much as the other clubs and they somewhat jumped on board because they didn't want to miss out. Uh, you may have more information on the Man City side of that, Simon. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't think it matters whether they were initially reticent or not because they've they've both done it. Um, yeah. They're part of these six teams. I mean, uh, I don't know about Chelsea. Man City have published a club statement on their website, um, including quotes from from Manchester United's Joel Glazer, but no quotes mm. from anyone from Man City, which is pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> they've not tweeted out their statement. They've not put the statement out on their Facebook channel. Um, so, you know, not not only have they sort of gone behind the back of UEFA and FIFA and the Premier League, but they're also trying to do this behind the back of, of their fans, um, which should tell you everything you need to know about you know what they, what what they think about the fans and what they how they think these proposals will will go down. Yeah, uh, I agree, uh, and it's very uh, it's very hard to sort of talk about this without uh, probably becoming quite angry about it or or, or falling into that trap. But um, but the reality of this for me is that if this European Super League uh, does does go ahead and you know there's no there's no guarantee that it does, but if it does, and it does start uh, at the beginning of next season, as, as they seemingly would like to, it very much renders the rest of this season fairly pointless. Um, Chelsea have a, a a big game tomorrow against Brighton. Um, they are fifth in the Premier League table as things stand. It's a game that they would need to win to try and get into the top four. But if the Super League goes ahead, it basically means that it, it means nothing. Um, Chelsea could lose tomorrow and still be in the next, you know, next season's big European competition. So from my point of view, that's what is going to really uh, be harmful because I think, you know, I've seen quite a few people on, on Twitter and on social media saying, you know, this is a European competition. It's going to be a midweek thing. It won't impact the Premier League hugely. But I fundamentally disagree with that because you you lose that level of, of jeopardy. There will, there will be no level of jeopardy in the uh, in the European Super League. Uh, you're going to get pay. You're going to get a payday as a club either way, no matter how well you do. And in the Premier League, it removes a huge element of the jeopardy. You've got these. You know, we all like the top four race now because there are six clubs genuinely genuinely in the top four race every year, um, pretty much. And it removes all of that. And apart from a title chase for these clubs in the Premier League, I don't see really what it means for them because at the end of the day if City are in the position they are this season for instance where they they are very very far ahead at what point does the, the campaign for the people like Manchester United or, or Chelsea or Liverpool just become about seeing certain games out and just playing the fixtures because you can't win the league yeah and I think as well we don't know yet whether these teams in the European Super League will be allowed to still play in the Premier League yeah. um, the Premier League have strongly condemned it so have you UEFA, so FIFA. Um, so it could be that these teams in the European Super League are not in any competitions but that next season. So Man City are going to win the Premier League this season. They might not defend it next year. City or Chelsea could win the Champions League this season. They might not be there to defend it next year. Chelsea, mm-hmm. the FA Cup. Um, so it just feels like an erosion um, of of football and its principles and it'll be very interesting to hear what uh, managers have to say because Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was put on the spot yesterday with uh, United's owners and director of communications AWOL uh, when they were when they were most needed. Um, Guardiola has been on record saying that um, under no circumstances should the domestic leagues be hit because of a Super League. Um, mm. 
because you know it would it would detract from the game. Um, and yeah, uh, Thomas Tuchel speaking today, isn't he? Yes, half one. That's going to be uh, interesting unless Chelsea really do crack down early doors and say that uh, no questions on it. But uh, but we shall see. Um, but as you say, I, I think it's very much unfair for them for the head coaches to be put on the spot uh, on this, and they are going to be. Um, even if the clubs try to avoid them talking as much as they can, they are going to be put on the spot on this, and it's not really their place at the end of the day to to give an opinion on behalf of a club. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. So it's a, it's a, a very um, big moment for football, potentially. Um, it does seem as if uh, several top European clubs have decided that they are more powerful than governing bodies and can do what they want. Um, whether or not they'll be able to, we don't know as yet. You know, there, there's going to be legal challenges to this and, and whatnot if it does progress further. But um but how do you feel um, sort of the reaction has been among Manchester City supporters and and probably the match-going supporters as well, because, you know, we've seen reports out there um, that certain members within this European Super League, you know, see legacy legacy fans uh, as as the sort of past at this point and, you know, want to target sort of newer audiences or, or audiences who are more, more interested in sort of big-name signings and bigger games. I mean, Manchester City obviously are, are a huge, huge club now, but, you know, it wasn't... It, that long ago that they were you know uh in division uh division two division one championship so how has it gone down amongst you know the longer term fans and, and manchester city supporters in general yeah i, I think i mean it, it's it's gone down terribly you can't really find anyone in in support mm. of it um I, I think there are two strands to it there are those kind of um legacy fans and city fans have always kind of enjoyed the premier league more than the champions league for instance but yeah. You know, they, they, this has been going for a while in the sense that City now go on tour to Japan rather than Rochdale and Oldham. <laughs> um, and that has been sort of a big part of their growth um, and emergence. But at the same time, the club have been very happy to trade on this fact that the supporters have stuck with them through thick and thin. And, you know, they've never forgotten their roots. And it's only... It's, it's less than a year ago since Man City were were cleared um, at the Court of Arbitration for Sport when eight of ten uh, Premier League clubs, including all five that they've now signed up to this European Super League with, wrote to UEFA to try to get them banned from the Champions League. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, last, last year City were playing the high and mighty card um, talking about being this outsider and, and that was received very well by their fan base, um, you know, who haven't forgotten where they've come from and still feel like, um, you know, they, they are still got this sort of typical city nature about them where they, they always fear the worst. Whereas um, <laughs> to sort of, to jump into bed with all these, all these clubs that they've recently been, been scrapping with um, has gone down. Yeah. Gone down really poorly. Mm. Um I'm guessing it's it's similar at Chelsea. Yeah, I personally haven't seen anyone really uh, sort of on, on social media, obviously, who ha seems in favour of this from a Chelsea perspective as a fan. I mean, obviously, Chelsea have been um, uh, competitive at the very top level for, for a few more years. Not, not too many more years, but a few more years than Manchester City. Obviously, you know, they are 
probably the first big new money club within the Premier League and, and really did use that to their advantage um, early into the Roman Abramovich years. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not that long ago that Chelsea were a team who were a top six team. They weren't a title challenger team. They were a team in, you know, the, the UEFA Cup or the Cup Winners' Cup even in, in the 90s. This wasn't, you know, they weren't a dominant European force Um and they haven't even been in recent years, to be honest. This is the first, you know, they're in the semi. They got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the first time since 2014, and and it's the same for the semi-finals. They haven't been there for for seven years, so I don't think a lot of the Chelsea fans are, are in favour of this. Um, you know, it's, I don't think a lot of football fans are at all, really. But um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, as as we said. Nothing has been agreed. Nothing has been finalised on this front as yet. These are just the initial sort of plans and uh, and concept that has been put forward. Um, we've had elements of this before, and it has always seemed uh, as if the clubs have used it as to leverage themselves um, in certain situations. But this does feel, um, or at least to me, this does feel a little bit different. Um, what what, are you, what do you feel about that, Sam? Do you think this is actually a? This isn't just a threat now. This is a, a real possibility. Yeah, it feels like the furthest we've been. Um, there was the the project big picture stuff that that Sam Wallace broke in the Telegraph uh, October November last mm. year. Um, mm. That felt like a big sort of push, and then because of the reaction, um, that kind of got silenced again. But you know, it's always going to rear its head, and this time it feels like there have been. Um, it's gone further than ever and like you know sir alex ferguson has come out against it and all these people mm. have come out against it and so far um they've just plowed on really um so it, it's it's further than ever but there are those you know potential pitfalls because it's still not been decided um whether they can play in all the competitions yeah. that they would like to um fifa and uefa have said the players who play in the European Super League cannot play in international competitions. So would all players want to um, sign up to, you know, never lifting the World Cup, um, yeah. which has got to be one of the biggest ambitions for a player. Um, so if it comes to the European Super League being, well, you can play in that competition, but no other competition, mm. then there may that may be a way where the club's back down. Yeah. Um, but I can see sort of, hefty legal battles to come um as everyone tries to get their way it, it's kind of it, it's uglier than ever i think because yeah. um it, it's gone further than ever so it's um it's going to be really interesting to see um in a macabre way it's going to be really interesting to see <laughs> what happens but um yeah city and chelsea certainly at the forefront of this uh, this breakaway group yeah I think it's going to be very, very important um, that the football federations and UEFA and FIFA even really do stand up to this. You know, if if, if this is brinkmanship on, on behalf of these super clubs, you know, I think it's important that the federations really do not blink first. They really are going to have to stand up to this because um, if, at the first sign of, you know, any 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 sign of they're going to crack or, or give in to these demands, you know, it is going to get pushed through. And I think it's going to be important. It's not just going to be... Um, federations you know opposition clubs managers players anybody who is fundamentally opposed to this i really do think has to speak out about it and support uh those who are against it because as we say this has it has the potential uh to really really change football um for the next well for the for, for the foreseeable future and, and alter alter a lot of these clubs um 
or change a lot of these clubs because, as we say, you know, City have been around for, for years and years. Chelsea have been around for years and years. And, and the people who own these clubs, they own the, the club in the sense of, you know, it is theirs, but it's the fans at the end of the day who are the lifeblood of any club. Um, and they haven't been consulted, spoken to, asked about this or anything. So I think it is going to be very important um, that anyone who does have opposition to this really does uh, everyone get in the same in the same line on that front. Um, I think we'll probably leave it there because we're both going to be very, very busy today. Um, but, you know, obviously visit the uh, the MEM website because Simon and his colleagues will have everything covered from a city perspective. Visit the uh, football.london website because we'll have it from a, a Chelsea perspective. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Simon. Um, don't forget Cheers, to Adam. No, don't forget to tune in as well, everybody, uh, on Thursday for our main show featuring some of the uh, the country's other top football writers. Um, but thank you for listening uh, and take care.